In the headlines, 37 suspected Boko Haram members killed by the Nigerian military, uncertainty over Friday's presidential election in Madagascar, and urgent requests for funding as donors desert Mali. I'm Anne Musa. Good morning. The Nigerian army says it has killed 37 suspected members of militant group Boko Haram in the northeast of the country. Military spokesperson in northeastern Borno State, Captain Alu Danja, says the army launched an attack against a Boko Haram camp located in Alaganu. Earlier this year, the Nigerian army launched an offensive against the militant group a day after President Goodluck Jonathan declared a state of emergency in the three northeastern states of Bono, Yobe and Adamawa. On Sunday, Boko Haram gunmen who were disguised in military uniform and were riding motorbikes killed 19 people near the country's border with Cameroon. Uncertainty hangs over Friday's presidential election in Madagascar amid complaints of organizational problems. Incumbent President Andre Rojolina and former President Marco Volamanana are excluded from the election and are being represented by proxies. Rojolina voiced concern convening a special meeting of the Electoral Commission a week ahead of the poll to complain of evident delays and shortcomings. After the meeting, the Prime Minister noted that there was no such thing as a perfect election. The Independent Electoral Commission and its international partners, however, remain optimistic. People in West Africa's Sahel region are among the most vulnerable in the world, with crises in the region becoming more frequent and communities in desperate need of humanitarian assistance. The United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, OCHA, says a lack of funding from the international donor community is one of the reasons why aid is not getting to the people who need it the most. UN's Regional Humanitarian Coordinator for the Sahel, Robert Piper, says Mali is in desperate need of assistance to secure the most basic of services such as education, health, electricity and water. Piper is appealing for donors to step up their aid. Mali is perhaps the worst funded uh, humanitarian appeal in the region. It has the most acute humanitarian needs in terms of suffering, in terms of malnutrition, in terms of food insecurity in the northern parts of the country. It had the most successful donor conference on record in Brussels in May when donors put a billion dollars more than had been requested on the table. And yet, it's the appeal that we launched for Mali is uh, barely 42% funded, I believe. It's the, almost the worst in the region after Gambia. Nigeria has made the most progress worldwide on reducing child mortality since 1990. This according to a new study by NGO Save the Children. Also among the top 10 nations that have made the greatest strides in tackling such deaths are Liberia, Rwanda, Indonesia, Madagascar, India, China, Egypt, Tanzania and Mozambique. On the more problematic end of the spectrum, those making the least progress are Haiti, Papua New Guinea and Equatorial Guinea. The report analysed how 75 countries which account for nearly all maternal and child deaths, are progressing towards the United Nations Millennium Development Goal on Child Mortality. Syrian authorities have released 14 female detainees as part of a weekend hostage exchange. However, dozens of others are still being held. This is according to prominent human rights activist Sema Nazar. Nine Lebanese Shahid hostages had held for 17 months by a rebel group in northern Syria were exchanged on Saturday for two Turkish pilots held in Lebanon since August. The release of scores of the female detainees held in regime jails formed part of the deal brokered by Turkey, Qatar and Lebanon. There has been no official comment in Damascus on the female detainees. A mystery fire has destroyed an office of TV network Al Jazeera in the capital Cairo. There are reports that it could be a deliberate arson attack by disgruntled Egyptians due to what the Egyptian government perceives as Al Jazeera's overly sympathetic coverage of the treatment of Muslim Brotherhood supporters during the recent clashes. Malfikberg reports. 
A mystery fire destroyed a warehouse belonging to Al Jazeera in Cairo on Tuesday, completely destroying cameras and other equipment stored in the warehouse. Al Jazeera said the cause of the fire could not be electrical. The Qatari media outlet's offices have been repeatedly raided by Egyptian security forces, especially during the ouster of former President Mohamed Morsi, and a number of its journalists have been detained. The network has also been accused by the Egyptian government of being sympathetic to the Muslim Brotherhood. Recapping the top stories, 37 suspected Boko Haram members killed by the Nigerian military, uncertainty over Friday's presidential election in Madagascar, and urgent requests for funding as donors desert Mali. That's the news for the hour. Rhythms of Africa, 100% African music. Welcome to your music program, Rhythms of Africa on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, broadcasting live from SAPC South African Broadcasting Corporation, Ogden Park, Johannesburg, in South Africa. We're on frequencies 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa and 15255 kHz on the 19th meter band to far west Africa. You can also follow us on Facebook channel Africa One or my Facebook Tulasizungawindo or internet www.channelafrica.org. Rhythms of Africa. Yes, broadcasting live from Auckland Park, Johannesburg in South Africa. Uh, today my technical producer is Mario Edwards and host is Dr. Tula Singabinda. We're going to give you Afro Jazz and Afro Pop. Uh, starting the program with a band from Mozambique led by Teaspoon Ndelu Matsebetsebe Band uh, giving us a beautiful song entitled Awabantu.
Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Still giving you Afro jazz now have an artist from Limpopo province in South Africa. Uh, she studied music at the University of Cape Town. Judith Sapuma is giving us a beautiful song entitled A Call. Pray. Good day, dear, when it 
on matters tourism, travel and business. It's a journey into Africa and discovery of its people and natural resources. Now we go to Ghana. Here's an artist, John Coffey, is going to give us a song dedicated uh, to the people who have passed on. The title of the song is Fallen Heroes.
Heritage. Make a date with Our Heritage on Channel Africa every Thursday morning at 5.30 and 9.30 Central African time. Our Heritage, a program that talks about who we are and the future. Our Heritage, repeated over the weekend at 1 o'clock in the afternoon every Saturday and on Sunday at 8 in the morning and 4 in the afternoon Central African time. Channel Africa and Our Heritage on radio, satellite and the World Wide Web. Our Heritage, making the African Renaissance a reality. Picking up the tempo from Afrojazz, now we're going to Afropop. Here's an international star from Cameroon, Wes Madiko, popularly known as Wes, giving us a beautiful song entitled Awa Awa. Oh, 
My name is Bagiti Kumalo, a South African bass player, uh, born in South Africa, raised here, and then I uh, spent a lot of time in the States, and I'm a world traveler bass player. And it's great to be back home. You are just listening to Dr. Tulasizwe, Tulas Nkabinde, on radio of Channel Africa, the voice of African Renaissance. Catch me on uh, kumalobase at yahoo.com. So check it out and keep listening to this beautiful station. Now we have a song which was composed by the international producer Mbongeni Ngema. Uh, the song is sung by Mpumesi Kakan, and the title of the song is Dudula, referred to a man who has forgotten about his family in the villages.
My name is Chris Ntuli, a musician from Deben, South Africa. You are listening to Dr. Tulas Nkabinde on Readings of Africa on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Catch me on blackdrifters at yahoo.co.uk or 073-301-6740. Yes, Yes, you are listening to your music program, Rhythms of Africa on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, broadcasting live from Auckland Park, Johannesburg in South Africa. We'll give you music from all over the African continent. And now here's an international star from the Democratic Republic of Congo, DRC, Kofi Olomide, giving us a beautiful song entitled El Etmoi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come 
My name is Haristo, a musician from Nigeria. You are listening to Dr. Tulas Nkabidi on Channel Africa, the voice of African Renaissance. You can catch me on MySpace, www.myspace.com slash Haristo, H-A-R-W-E-S-T-O. And you can catch me on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Haristo. And you can also add me on Facebook, Haristo, D-O-T, Haristo. Thank you. Be the queen of lesbian, no, she's living like a I don't know. Yes, now we go to Zamba. He is an international star. PJ, he has worked with people like B1, an artist like Olomide. PJ is going to give us a beautiful song entitled Banono Banono. This is a Jerry Fingers production. Mungawa mushe mukazi na ezo kukonda ufunuka chini 
That was PJ from Zambia giving us a song, Panono Panono, simply means little by little. Now it's time for economics update with comfort. Stay tuned. Thanks to Lasizwe, the owner of South Africa's second largest bank, First Rent, plans to build its West African business by financing regional infrastructure projects and increasing investments in Nigeria. First Rent's Rent Mission Bank has completed more than $1.6 billion of deals in Nigeria since February. They include providing credit lines for banks and finance for Dangote and MTN groups. The company is looking at uh, transactions in Cote d'Ivoire and Senegal, Standard Chartered, Barclays and the Johannesburg based first rent among the banks expanding in West Africa where countries including Nigeria and Ghana are growing faster than developed nations. South African Finance Minister Pravin Goran is expected to keep a rein on government spending when he announces the medium-term budget today. Meanwhile, South African President Jacob Zuma said yesterday that the mini-budget would stimulate economic growth but also encourage fiscal discipline. Kirat Lala has more. Zuma's comments allayed investor fears of increased government spending ahead of next year's election. Analysts say Godan is also expected to widen his deficit forecast for 2013 and 2014 to 4.9% of GDP from the 4.6% seen in February. Economist Davi Ruet has also called for the current tax system to be simplified to make it more streamlined and cost-effective. Meanwhile, economists are warning that Godan's medium-term budget today will have to avoid the threat of another credit ratings downgrade for South Africa. The country is struggling with deficits in both its budget and current account, as well as a volatile labor environment and a ballooning government wage bill. A South African economist with U.S.-based Citigroup, Gina Schoolman, says a Moody's uh, may lower South African ratings to be on par with other ratings agencies, uh, Standard and Poor's and Fitch, which last year awarded the country a triple B plus status. Second to this, Moody's has South Africa on negative watch. And what that means is that they're keeping a close eye on all the macroeconomic indicators, the social indicators, the labor indicators, for any sign of vulnerability, sign of weakness, in order to justify a potential ratings downgrade. And third to this, if you listen to any of the comments Moody's has made in reaction to any of the events in South Africa over the last 12 months, you'll hear an increasingly negative tone. Ghana's euro bonds have uh, dropped for the first time in six days, sending yields higher. This comes after Finance Minister Seth Tekpa said uh, rising wages and dropping gold prices mean the budget deficit will be more than initially focused. Yields on the debt due in August 2023 advanced by four basis points. The fiscal gap in Africa's second biggest gold producer will be 10% on the gross domestic product. Ghana's government was initially targeting 9%. Gold prices in Ghana slumped 21% this year and the government's wage bill accounts for about 70% of tax revenue. 
British American Tobacco says it remains on track for a year of solid earnings growth after price rises in the first nine months of the year helped it to offset a 3% fall in total tobacco volumes. The world's second biggest cigarette maker recorded revenue growth of 0.7% for the period to the end of September. Revenue at constant exchange rates grew by 3.5%, helped by the price increase. Movement in some of the firm's key trading currencies adversely affected the group. The reduction in volumes was due to lower demand in Brazil, Russia, Turkey, Ukraine, Egypt and Western Europe. The South African rand is weaker against the dollar today, but it remains within yesterday's trading range. This as investors brace for inflation data and the finance minister's interim budget statement. The rand is down 0.26%. As South Africa's currency managed a quick rally to a month high yesterday after softer than expected U.S. jobs uh, data signaled that the Federal Reserve will prob- probably stay put on its stimulus for the world's biggest economy. Financial indicators, the dollar at 9.8 South African rands at 8.33 Botswana Pulas and also at uh, 5.25 Zambian Quaches. It's also trading at 0.61 to the British pound, at 0.72 to the euro. Commodities at one, uh, platinum $1,443.74, gold $1,340.71 a fine ounce and uh, Brent crude oil at $109.66 per barrel. And that's your economics news for now. Yes, now it's time for sports update with Tabi Kuza. Stay tuned. Make it seven. Someone's going to get stuck in here, Justine. And out here. Uh, on this way. Thanks for joining us from the sports desk. Let's start with cricket. Pakistan are struggling at 64-6 at lunch after winning the toss on the opening day of the second test against South Africa in Dubai today. Asad Shafiq was unbeaten or not as Adnan Akmal was dismissed in the last over before lunch without scoring. Lex spinner Imran Tahir has so far taken three wickets and paceman Delstein declared fit to play after suffering a hamstring injury got two. Pakistan lead the two-match series 1-0. And now in soccer, Nigeria's Golden Eagles fought back to cancel a two-goal deficit and eventually had their Swedish counterpart to a three-all draw in their second game of the FIFA Under-17 World Cup in the United Arab Emirates. Tony Ubani reports. It was a surprising one yesterday because almost everybody here, you know, was expecting that uh, um, the Golden Eagles would definitely round off uh, um, the opponent, you know, having uh, raised so much hope uh, with one uh, something of uh, defending champions Mexico. But surprisingly, we all just saw how it went. But it was just uh, what everybody could just uh, describe as a thriller. It was a very thrilling moment, you know, because for two times, the Golden Eagles had to fight back coming from behind and then getting a very positive and now in local football, Mamelodi Sundowns coach Pizzo Mosimane says that he is happy that his team showed character. Sundowns maintained their unbeaten run in the league when they defeated Amazulu 7-1 in an entertaining match at Loftus Stadium last night. The victory also takes Sundowns to the summit of the Abzo Premiership Soccer League. Mosimane says this was almost a carbon copy of their friendly match against the very same team a week ago. I'm happy that the team showed character. I'm happy that the players showed good mentality and good attitude. And I'm happy that the people came back who supported us in uh, Zorule. I'm happy they're back and they never gave up on us, supporting us, and the players rewarded them. However, dejected Amazul assistant coach Wilfred Mugay was not impressed with his charges, but he says that four weeks break is to blame. We are very disappointed with the result and uh, credit goes to Sanders. We played well. Uh, they utilized their chances and uh, yeah of course we were off the we were way off the pace and uh, we were always second with the ball we were not sharp enough and uh, I think it, it, it's also the result of uh, not playing for too long. 
and netball, the netball tri-nations taking place at the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University Indoor Sports Centre in Port Elizabeth started off with a rough and a tumble match between the Spa Proteus and Trinidad and Tobago. And the South African Spa Proteus had outscored Trinidad and Tobago by 47 goals to 13. South Africa will take on England today in today's game at 5pm. And finally with golf, the latest event on the European Tour, the BMW Masters tees off this week at the Lake Maloran course in Shanghai. South African George Kuzia is playing his first event in more than eight weeks since breaking a bone in his right wrist. Kuzia says that he's happy to be back after a layoff with injury. Oh, I'm good. I'm happy. Very excited to be back. I uh, learned a couple of things and I think I'm appreciating it a little, a little bit more being out here. Uh, I broke a little bone. I think it's called the Pizai form. And it's luckily it's the one that you can break. It's the one that you're allowed to break. And... Uh, they say if the pain's too much, it didn't grow back as, want, uh, as we wanted after the first six, seven weeks. But they say if it doesn't grow back, we can take it out and I can still play. So it's, it's lucky, I guess. If I broke the bone on the other side of the hand, then they say it's like 50-50 if you ever play golf again. That's the end of our sport. Stay tuned to Channel Africa and back to Tula Sizwe Ngabinde. Time is tight. DJ Mawaza giving us a song entitled Uyameme Zuganda. Tomorrow is another day. Bye-bye and stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.